Hey guys, just a quick update about the book. Volume 1 of A Dragon Tamer's Fable is now available on all major ebook platforms, and the print version will be following shortly. If you've been wanting to read a physical copy of a DTF, the long wait is now over. Check out the link to the website in the show notes. Welcome back to A Dragon Tamer's Fable. If you haven't listened to the previous episodes, please do. This is a full-length novel, and you're going to get lost if you don't start with the prologue. In Chapter 61, Odax and Zayraid learn to ride their dragons. In this episode, Chapter 62, Odax decides on his future occupation and the family's travel to Romofsi. Alright, let's dive in. In the new year, Magna Tectus said farewell to Navali, who traveled to Romofsi with her grandfather. Princess Felicita was miserable for the first couple of weeks. However, she found that her son had become more affectionate in his sister's absence. He joined his mother daily for tea, and they began composing music together. He accompanied her vocals with his violin, and she would play the piano as well. Slowly, Felicita's mind focused less on her daughter's absence and more on her son's presence. Frankly, it scared her. Kyle's ability to cope was waning by the end of the first month. Lumen, though she could be difficult at times, stepped up in a way only she could. Her natural brightness shone a light for the depressed elf. She played chess with Kyle in the evenings, went for walks during the day, and went hunting with him as well. All of it was seamless. Lumen didn't allow him to feel lonely. That spring, she surprised everyone by riding Sable. Her dragon was large enough, which meant, unfortunately for Lumen, that she was likely to remain on the shorter side. The little girl didn't care. She raced her brother and Zayraid's dragons, across the foothills and over the forests. Aelin Cruor may have been faster, but not for long. Lumen was confident that Sable would be the fastest dragon in the sky soon enough. Odax knocked on the door to his father's study and stepped inside. His grandfather was there, having a pleasant discussion judging by their light expressions. Dad, can I talk to you about something? It was a rather ceremonious request from the 13-year-old. Seven Vivin shared a look. Of course you can, Odie. Vivin went to leave the room, and Odax stopped him. Actually, can you stay? Vivin dipped his head. Odax had a demeanor of resolve about him that intrigued the older man. What can we help you with, my boy? Sub cracked his knuckles and leaned forward at his desk. Odax stood with his hands clasped behind his back. He almost seemed slightly nervous, though his calm exterior was well-maintained. Do you remember when you asked me what profession I was thinking about going into? His father inclined his head. I've decided. Wonderful, let's hear it. Sebastian was itching with curiosity. Odax turned his gaze to his grandfather. I want to be you when I grow up. Vivin hid his surprise. There's many reasons why you shouldn't. Odax smiled the same sweet smile his father had. I want to be Zay's personal guard, his head guard, and I was hoping with your permission. He stole a quick glance at his father to include him that you and Alice could maybe teach me? Fivin regarded the boy's father. Sebastian knit his fingers together in deep, pensive thought. It was difficult to tell what the great tamer was thinking. Odax cleared his throat and turned to his father. 
<clears throat> well, you're sure this is what you want to do, Odie? It isn't as easy as Vivin and Alice make it look. Vivin shot him a miffed glance, and Odax nodded earnestly. I want to protect Zay. Is that the only reason? Seb asked directly. No, but it's the main one. Seb twisted the bracelet Fauna made him. His son seemed dismayed by his lack of enthusiasm. I'll talk with Grandpa, okay? Does your mom know? No, Odak said quietly. Just you two. And Ale. What about music? You're an incredible musician. You could be a composer. Or a concert pianist. Odax was taken aback. Thanks, Dad. Really. But I want to do something I'm passionate about. You're not passionate about music? Well, I am. Just in a different way. It's fun. But it's easy. I want a challenge. And I want to do something that means something. And I want to work with Ale. Okay, Odie. We'll talk. Vivin felt for the boy as Odax left the room. He looked discouraged. They waited for the door to click shut. Seb went to the window and thumbed his lip. Snow blanketed the ground and fell in small, wet flakes from the dreary sky. You don't seem pleased. Sebastian put his hands in his pockets and turned to his head guard. It isn't that. Then... Sebastian exhaled slowly and folded his arms across his chest. Vivin knew he wasn't happy. I don't know, Vivin. I just... Odie's a bright kid, isn't he? Yes, absolutely he is. Seb shrugged. I was hoping he'd want to do something a little more academic. Be a physician, or something. Vivin was silent, so Seb continued musing. And I want him to leave the capital. He needs experience in the real world to do your job. That's why you're so good at it. He isn't going to have any combat experience. He lives a sheltered life, but this is what he wants to do. Vivin cut him off, and Sebastian blinked. Vivin looked mildly irritated. Did it occur to you that Odie might want to live in Imperior? He was born and raised here. His friends are here. Lillian is here. It's not dissimilar to you and Deep Creek. That's true. But what about his training? There's only so much that practice can teach him. If he never puts it to use, he might not react well when he finally needs to. Vivin searched Seb's honey-brown eyes for a moment. He's your son. I'll respect your decision. But Alice and I, and Ryan, for that matter, would be happy to tutor him. He'd be an excellent personal guard for Zayraid. That's the other thing. Seb twisted his bracelet again. Zay may not want him to be his guard. Why wouldn't he? Vivin asked, baffled. I just have a feeling. Vivin gave him an unimpressed look. Talk to Fauna. I'll talk to Allie. I think you should let Odax try apprenticing. Who knows? Maybe he won't enjoy it, after all. Vivin shook his head at the regent before leaving. I don't understand you sometimes, Seb. The regent prince waited for his friend to finish his violin lesson. His parents made him wait for nearly a week while they discussed the idea of him training as a personal guard. His mother thought it was a fantastic idea. 
Odax didn't understand why his father was opposed. It was an honorable job with a high wage. Everyone had nothing but admiration for the personal guards at the palace. When they toured the great city and neighboring towns, civilians regarded them with respect and awe. And what could be better than being able to work with Ale? She would help him protect Kruor and Zayraid. Zay, hey, Odax beamed as the prince exited the music room. The young man nodded, the light caught his black, curly locks. How are you, Dax? The regent prince found his friend's stoic nature amusing. Some found it off-putting. I'm great. I have something I want to talk to you about. Uh, what time is it? Odax flipped open his father's golden pocket watch. It's two. All right. I made in Tian at 2.30 for an extra fencing lesson. What's on your mind? Zayraid let his friend take his leather violin case from his hands. Odax smiled kindly at a pair of maids that passed by and carried the instrument case over his shoulder. I've been keeping an idea secret from you. I asked my parents and grandpa last week, and they finally agreed. Though, my dad told me I had to ask you first. Ask me what? Zayraid lifted a dark, naturally sculpted eyebrow. His best friend was buzzing with excitement, so he could only imagine... Odax took a breath as his eyes twinkled. I want to start apprenticing as your future head guard. The crown prince's steps faltered. You what? I want to be your guard. You know, like grandpa is to dad and Alice is to mom. Odax's face dropped when he saw Zayraid's clouded expression. Uncle Seb told you you had to ask me first. Yeah, but what does that matter? Zayraid had a recent growth spurt and was finally equal height to his younger friend. His violet and emerald eyes had a degree of cool dominance that hadn't been there when he was a child. Even Odax felt a chill when Zayraid was in a particular mood. The crown prince sighed and tucked a loose strand of curly hair behind his ear. I don't know if it's a good idea, Dax. Odax stared at his friend with his honey brown eyes. What? Are you serious? The violin case was held limply at his side. Zayraid pressed his lips together before regarding him affectionately. Come on, Dax. You don't really want to be stuck in Imperior for the rest of your life, do you? Think about Ale. Think about the places you could travel and the adventures you could have. Odax felt a flicker of relief. This was the Zayraid he knew best. Thoughtful and caring. What? You're never going to travel the country? Dad and Grandpa do a few times a year. It's always going to be a job, though, Dax. Think about that. I have, Zay. I'm not a child. The handsome teen frowned. I can think of no job more honorable or worthwhile than guarding you with my life. This is what I want to do. Ale, too. We've talked about it. Zary gently took back his violin case and murmured, don't throw your life away from me, Dax. I don't have a choice in any of this, but you do. I know what I want. Zayraid grinned as Odax said that. What? Nothing. The crown prince smiled. You just sounded a lot like your sister. Cayenne knew where that girl was. She was an enigma from breakfast till dinner. Do what you want, then. You're free to change your mind at any point. We're still young. Odax watched Zayraid walk down the marble corridor. 
They were still young, but there were only four short years until Rhydon would have a new king. What's my first lesson then? Stop an assassination? Vivian raised an eyebrow at Odax's dry humor. He was painfully like his father. Close. We're going to tail your dad instead. Odax waited patiently, hiding his lack of enthusiasm about the idea. Ryan is guarding him today. Can you guess why I want you to tail him? Mm, you want me to follow in his footsteps? Vivin rolled his eyes at that comment, and Odax laughed. <laughs> I have a couple ideas as to why. Care to enlighten me? Vivin repositioned his double belt, shifting the weight of his scabbard. Your father likes to think that the reason I do my job well is my combat experience. I agree that it's important. However, knowing your client is the true key. Understanding how they react to certain situations, and how others will react to their comments actions and decisions. Vivin tapped the side of his nose, and they set off in search of Seb. Odax watched his grandpa's every move with keen interest. Vivin carried himself with purpose and confidence. When he was on duty, he didn't stop to have polite conversations with the other guards. In fact, he barely looked their way. Alice was the same. Off-duty, they were friendly people. When they were watching the regions, they were all business. After some time of lurking in the shadows and spying on Seb, Vivin murmured, You're rather lucky with Zayraid. And you're not with Dad? Vivin sighed. Sebastian was speaking with a visiting dignitary. Watch him. Odax regarded his father closely. They were tucked around a corner, and the regent hadn't seen them. Sebastian stood relaxed, with his hands in his pockets. He was head and shoulders taller than the dignitary. The other man said something, and Seb folded his thick arms across his chest. There, Vivin murmured and pointed to Ryan. What did he do? You asked me to watch Dad. Uncle Ryan became more alert though, didn't he? Vivin noted. It was true. Ryan's hand subconsciously went to the hilt of his sword. Zayraid is cool, calm, and collected. Your father has changed considerably since you and your sister were born, but he's always been quick to react. If something rubs him the wrong way... Odak shrugged. He's not afraid to express his displeasure. Is that so bad? Vivin inclined his head. It can be. It can lead to heated discussions. Cayenne forbid if dragons are involved in any way. With Zay, your main concern will be protecting him from the actions of others. With your father, it's rather the opposite. Alice has it easy then, I suppose. I don't think I've ever seen anyone get angry at mom. Vivin grinned. Do you really think your father would let anyone be angry with her for long? Guarding women is far different, Odie. Focus. Your job consists of three things. Training, observing, and reacting. 95% of your time is occupied by the first two. The Regent Prince had a deeper respect for the head guards after the first few weeks of their training. 
He was certain that if his parents knew how well Alice and Vivian knew them, they'd be red with embarrassment. The teen took up jogging each morning to start the day and did extra combat training several days a week. Tanner joined him for the cardio, but lacked interest in areas such as fencing. He was more content to work on his own projects and plan the gardens with Fauna. He enjoyed working with his hands. It kept him busy and it kept him distracted from his poor grades. Your first official assignment is coming up. Vivin toweled his neck after a sparring match with Odax. It is? Already? Odax asked in surprise. Vivin nodded. I want you to keep a close eye on Zayraid while we're in Romofsi. They were going to be leaving in a week for the Elvish country. It was going to be a taxing trip. Fauna, Felista, and Tanner were going to have to be rotated between dragons. Sebastian wondered if Sable would be able to keep pace, which would cause delays. He's going to have actual guards to do that, though. Vivin pursed his lips, and they sat down on a stone bench. The early spring air was cool, and the sun had a touch of warmth to it. We both know that the guards never keep their eyes on you 24-7, and in Ramofsi, there may be some individuals who have a negative reaction to Zayraid's visit. Odax nodded earnestly. I'll do my best. Have fun, too. It's a family vacation, after all. Vivin patted the teen's back. Odax gave him an all-too-familiar look. Your family, and you're not treating it as a vacation, are you? You have to work the entire time. Don't worry about me. Vivin twisted the towel in his hands. He glanced at his wristwatch. Don't you have a match today? The Junior Tamer Ball League started practices two weeks prior. Odax leapt to his feet. Oh, right! I do! Thanks, Grandpa. He hadn't left the courtyard before Tanner appeared, out of breath. Come on, Dax. We're going to be late. Vivin admired Odax for setting up the league. Though some of the children were tamers and some were not, they collectively agreed to keep their dragons out of the matches, to be inclusive to non-tamers. In a few short years, they would be old enough to join the proper tamer ball league anyway. Sebastian had been invited back for a few friendly matches. He and Nocte dialed down their intensity and simply played for the enjoyment of the game. Nocte and Renlin kept a close eye on Sable as they flew across the sea. Lumen was light, and so was her luggage, but she wasn't full-grown. The black-feathered dragon didn't complain once. Whether it was for the sake of her pride, or she was truly unbothered, they'd never know. As Romofsi appeared in the distance, the children shouted for joy. Nearly a week on the dragon's backs was difficult for anyone. Seb had a few spots planned to show his wife, knowing the kids would rather be left to their own devices. It would be a fleeting two-week visit, and the regent hoped his wife would become as enchanted with the land as he had years before. Nivali waited excitedly for her family as they landed outside of a quaint yet picturesque villa. They weren't going to push the dragons any harder. They would travel by carriage for two days to allow them to rest. It was the perfect opportunity for Lord Orel to showcase the vineyards in the elvish countryside as well. Nivali ran to her parents and hugged them both, though Kael held her extra tight. There was a flurry of questions from them, and a happy response to each. Before Felicita embraced her father, she paused for a moment to look about her. Sebastian, 
who had been stretching his weary limbs, suddenly realized that it was Princess Felicita and Kyle's first return home since they were married. Seb, did you hear me? Fauna poked his arm. Hmm? I said we should go for a walk together through the woods. She inclined her head to the tree line past the villa. Maybe have some alone time? I think we could use that. Seb brushed his wife's hair over her shoulder. Dad, let's go for an adventure. Lumen bounded over, bursting with energy. We should probably say hi first, hmm? He nodded to Lord Oril, who was greeting Odax. So once I say hi? Lumen asked eagerly. Fauna suppressed a sigh, and Alice came up beside the child and plopped a hand on her head. We'll find something fun to do. Let's go hunting! Lumen decided and ran over to the Elvish King. Seb mouthed, we owe you, to Alice, and she waved him off with an amused grin. Vivian glanced at Arthur. The head guard didn't know the specifics as to why Art had been asked to accompany them to Romofsi. When he asked Sebastian, the regent simply shrugged and smiled. They could use an extra bodyguard. Arthur had to be pulled from a personal contract and council assignments to journey with them to Romofsi. Vivian wondered if needing an extra bodyguard was all there was to it. Thanks for listening to Chapter 62 of A Dragon Tamer's Fable, and thank you for supporting the podcast so far. I hope you're enjoying it. If you are, please share, subscribe, and review wherever you get your podcasts. Reviews help more people find the podcast, so it's a huge help. And if you're able to give a DTF an extra hand, please check out the merch and support tabs on the website. To stay up to date on content, check out a DTF podcast on Instagram or Facebook. As always, feel free to email dragontamerpodcast at gmail.com. I'd love to hear your thoughts, so don't be shy. Until next time, keep slaying anything but dragons. <laughs>